This is Michael Coe from the Punk Rock and Politics Podcast, and you're listening to some of the best podcasts available on the internet, only on the No Phony Podcast Network. start your own podcast, but you need an easy, low-cost, and powerful platform to use. Anchor is your answer. Anchor has dynamic creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor distributes your podcast for you, so your audience can find you on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other popular platforms. And Anchor beats low-cost. It's free to use. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Anchor is everything you need to make a podcast, all in one place. Now that Anchor has taken away the obstacles and those excuses, you can finally get started on that podcast. After listening to this episode of Garage Heroes, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to begin your podcast adventure. Hello and welcome to another edition of Heroes Garage, where we review movies and streaming episodes. Hello, Mark. How are you doing today? Better after I got all that off my chest before we hit record. (laughs) That's right. For those who are missing it, um, Mark had a pre-review to a review where he was just dumping on me his disappointment to a um, discussion at a later date, I would say. Yes. But, um, I, but I, I will be putting the review on my site if they're really interested in finding why don't you, the site. Uh, why don't you uh, give out the name of your site? Uh, yes, I love shameless plugs. Thank you so much. Uh, no, uh, nothing else to say.com. That's where you can get my reviews. Nothing else to say.com. That's, uh, that, that domain works. Yes, it does. Well, great. You know what else works? Mm. This. This next version of Suicide Squad actually but works. Um, but um, I don't know what sound effect I should use for that segue. Hey, that's, okay. a, that's a segue to review. You know, that, that's, we're not stalling. We're just going right into this. Because right. I think it's been uh, it's been a while since uh, we've both seen this. So it's time mm-hmm. to, uh, to yes. jump right in. I fortunately saw it in the luxury of my own home because H- HBO Max has... Uh, done that for me um yes. although i still feel like i want to get back to the theater i just haven't yet but um mm. yeah did you see this at the show or did you watch an hbo max i most likely sh- did i see- yeah i'm pretty sure i saw this in the theater okay. i could be wrong but i'm pretty sure i did excellent so here we have right a uh i, I don't want to say a remake but it kind of feels like a remake 
from the 2016 version of Suicide Squad. Which I was looking for your you guys didn't have a review of it i was no like, uh, no we didn't yeah. i thought I think we did too but yeah. it was um you know i i would say you know i would call it a reboot yeah i think what i actually read online was james gunn the maker just basically said he wants it to stand out as it is he doesn't want to call it necessarily a reboot and definitely doesn't want to even really call it a sequel so much but just yeah I agree. Well, it's sort of a sequel because you still have characters in it that Uh uh, you have to. Well, I mean, the whole premise of the Suicide Squad, you Uh actually have to understand who they are because they really don't go into explaining that in this film. Yeah. And yeah. So very quickly, Bill, just quick, very quickly. Should we say what we and I don't even know if I've necessarily gotten your full take on it, but on the original or on the first the 2016 version, we'll say what were I know you're not the biggest fan of that. Am I correct? Correct. Yeah. I I mean, is this kind of like because I think this is, you know, like we did with Space Jam. uh, This is another opportunity to, to kind of give it a compare and contrast of the two movies because there's definitely a contrast here. And I think there are some elements of the first movie that it completely failed to do where the second movie did exceptionally well. Yeah. And yeah, I'm looking at my old review of the original of the 2016 one, which I've only seen once and really I don't need to see it again. I, uh, I believe I gave it two out of five, which was mine. So That's of the generous. original of the original, <laughs> I'm trying to remember. I think if I had if I'd seen it again, I'd probably think to myself, you know, well, oh, this actually wasn't necessarily worthy well, of that. So well, the thing is, is that in the first one, uh, there was. I, I think that the problem what we have was a uh, a superstar kind of overload into uh-huh. the first movie, right? You have all these, not only the, all these characters, but you have, you know, Will Smith, Margot Robbie, right? Uh-huh. Um, you know, Jared Leno, um, yeah. Viola Davis. Uh, 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 she does a reprise here. Uh, uh-huh. You know, just to name a few of the the top actors. Right. So you I mean, even David Harbour is in that as well. Totally forgot that. mm -hmm. So you have this. uh, That's pretty much all I could think of is. So you have this and this is the problem that you have is um, any kind of dirty dozen type of approach, because really, isn't that what Suicide Squad is? It's the dirty dozen. Yeah, but but it's the well, you know, it's not the dirty dozen. Yeah, it's the dirty dozen. Um, you know, they have a mission here, and uh, they're being trained to work together. Yeah, and the bunch of misfits here, they're villains, and, and that was it. But the problem was, is they yeah, they go into explaining it. They kind of do a hodgepodge approach of who the villains are. Then you have the nemesis. And then you have Will Smith trying to take over the film and Margot Robbie as well, trying to take over the film. 
And I think the only good part of the first movie was Jared Leno, although it was really? a, uh, yeah, yeah, I do. I, I think was, it was well. I mean, well, well, so, his whole character they showing up, but the you know what what I wanted to say is they take a left turn in the, in the entire plot, right? Yeah, the entire uh, story just becomes its own story, and they don't they get lost down the rabbit hole and they don't know what to do. Well, there, I think there was a better approach, I think, but. As a character, I thought he was very interesting. Well, yeah, I think that another issue was that with that film was that we heard a lot of what was going on behind the scenes, especially with Jared Leto playing a lot of pranks on all of his castmates trying to get into character and whatnot. Um, I, I thought he was, I guess, okay. I don't think he was anything you know, super special, especially when you look at the pantheon of all the other actors and performances that have been the Joker in the past. I have a feeling that if Tom is listening to us right now, he's probably like really wishing that he could be here right now, just jumping in and being like, but I will just say quickly on that first movie, I think the one good thing about it was that it did introduce us to Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn, because she definitely is having a blast playing that role. And I think she does, has been doing a, having fun, and we can see her having fun doing it as well. And she's fun to watch. Uh, But yeah, that movie, another problem with it was the villain they were going up against was the Enchantress or whatever. Yeah, that was a bore of a villain. Mm-hmm. It was. Yeah. It was too spacey, too. Yeah. Um, it, it didn't make sense. There was nothing mm-hmm. tangible there. I thought that was really mm-hmm. worth anything. Yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, Margaret Robbie, um, she ha- tends to yeah embrace this character. I did not see her in um, Birds of Prey. Oh, so you didn't? I did. I, I, I did. Yeah. And so I felt that. You know, I, I I I think that the Harley Quinn character in the first movie just was so over the top for me, and you know her, you know rekindling a relationship kind of on screen with Will Smith. Um, I I don't know. I get I get I get the character too much, and uh, yeah, she's having fun. She's a great actress, but to me, it just got old a little too quickly. Yeah. So I think that sets up sort of you know what we felt of the first movie as we go into the second movie yeah anybody that's familiar with suicide squad understands this is truly a dirty dozen group they they're they go on missions you have to get their terms um reduced and they're usually missions that probably don't end well and uh i i thought suicidal yeah suicidal there you go and i think the way that they approached it this time was excellent in limiting the amount of characters sticking to a true one single plot and really and it made sense it made sense and you had uh really one character that was the leader Mm -hmm. uh too that which which helped out tremendously even though all these other actors and with it are strong characters are strong air actors. They didn't, they weren't consumed with themselves enough that they were able to be in character 
and then work together in the plot. Uh, that that's ultimately what I liked about it. And you know, yeah. you want to kind of go in the rundown. You already said that James Gunn uh, was the director and writer. What's the, give us a little history about James Gunn? So James Gunn. I'm glad you asked, is known, of course, for doing the first two Guardians of the Galaxy movies and doing, I believe he's doing the third one. I could be wrong, because I do remember there was that stuff in the past about Disney not wanting to use him because of certain tweets he had sent out in the past or something. And then, yeah, but he here is the director as well as one of the writers, if I'm not mistaken. Sorry, yeah, I he just, is. Yeah. And so we do have, as for cast, we do have at least two, no, sorry, three people returning to at least three people from what I remember returning. Right. We have, of course, Viola Davis as uh, Amanda, who is very, very cunning at using blackmail and then you have of course marco robbie as harley quinn and then the last one from what i remember that you have is joe kinnaman kinnaman joe kinnaman i was doing so well up until then (laughs) as rick flag who's also returning on it as well now some of the newly added people, as we know, we have Idris Elba, who is not um, Deathshot, even though he kind of has that same, that same, you know, I can't think of the word, but he's got the same skill set right, and whatnot, right. except he's more of like Iron Man with all the, his weapons well, attached to him and whatnot. That's, yeah, that's but he, he plays Bloodsport, yeah. Right. But... They still keep the same script in a way towards that, you know, like Will Smith's character in the first one. He Bloodsport has a daughter who he's really not close with, but wants to make sure is okay. And then Amanda's like, you know, well, we'll make sure that she doesn't get in jail for her petty theft crimes or whatever if you do this mission. So, you know. They kind of go with that. Then you have John Cena as Peacemaker, um, who in the review I said is basically like, you know, a sleazeball version of Captain America. Right, right. And then you have some others as well. You have actors such as Peter Capaldi and Michael Rooker, who's very familiar with James Gunn, the MCU. Right. Uh, Nathan Fillion, uh, Pete Davidson. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, there, there's a there's a solid amount of good actors here. It's not as star studded as you might have thought from the first one. But one of the main things, and I won't give it anything away in case people haven't seen it. But one of the things that got to me, and this is very much in line with. Uh, with the Dirty Dozen is that they're not afraid to kill off uh, characters rather quickly. Yeah, yeah. You know, well, it helps with, uh, you know, to my point earlier, it helps with the plot line. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. It helps with the story. You, you you have a core group of people that you get to focus in on and you get to uh, know 
and they get actually get to develop. I think that was probably the one of the best qualities of this film uh-huh. is you finally have a DC film where you get to know or get to uh, at least get a better understanding of who these characters are. You don't have a origin story for every single one of them, but at least you have something here and you get a, a get some kind of analysis, I, I guess. I, I, that's what I'm pulling from here. I mean, Harley Quinn, you know, we all know Harley Quinn, but you're able to get into a dive into some of these guys. And I think that's great um, because it's the one of the hardest thing to do in films is when you have met multiple characters that you're going to get something out of every single one of them. And especially in any kind of comic book, because a lot of them are deep, because like you said, Bloodsport He's, he feels like he's similar to another one. No, Bloodsport is his own character. He, he was around in the 80s. Oh, and no, so, no. yeah, he's a he's he's a unique no. character. So I, I yeah. like that about the film. Yeah. And also, not to mention, I totally forgot. We can't forget about Sylvester Stallone is in the movie right. as well as King Shark, which is right. rather literal. That I was also a uh, fan. I liked uh, kind of a newbie, I guess. I I definitely never saw her before. It was uh, Daniela Melchior, I believe. I'm sure I mispronounced that. Cor- mispronounced that, but she is Rat Catcher too. Yeah. That's her actual name. I thought she did a a fine job. Yeah, but, she was great. Yeah, and not to mention that she is a bit of an issue with one of the characters when they have a phobia of rats, which I thought right, was really right. funny. Um, but yeah, the whole like atmosphere of this movie, just how fun it is, despite it being a very well-rated rated R movie, because yeah. it is, de- I mean, it's definitely violent for a good, for you know, more than enough time to give it that rating. But the, it's still quirky and how weirdly fun it is. I don't know if you got this, Bill, but when I saw them driving that little van around town, I immediately right. was thinking of the mystery machine or whatever <laughs> from Scooby-Doo. That's hysterical. And, yeah, and I don't even know Scooby-Doo that well, but I'm like, it's like they're on Scooby-Doo right now. And I right, thought right. that was... That was a cartoon element and the almost comic book element. Yeah. I thought that they threw in there. Uh-huh. Yeah, it, it, it had that. Uh, it, you're right. It had a great balance as as well as it was extremely violent, gory. I think in uh-huh. in, in some situations, and um, you, you know they they went to kind of the Deadpool um, comic book. You know, not it's not innocent. Um, this is what it is. And but you're right. There was a lightness. There was a funness with it. Uh, again, when you have minimal amount of characters, you're able to do that. And what I really liked was it wasn't a Harley Quinn movie either, which I thought was great. And it, they stick to the plot, the mystery of the plot. Uh, I, you know, I, I don't know if I can I, as much as I like Harley Quinn in this. I thought she was rather tame and balanced in accordance to the rest of the characters. They they didn't yeah. like, okay, here you go. You know, we have a 
an Oscar nominated actress here who loves this role and we're just going to let her run with it. No, they didn't. It was actually written very well. And it had that guardian of the galaxy kind of feel of it too, Uh that he knows how to really work with a group of unique characters. And, um, you know, that's, that's the bonus, right? Yeah. I also didn't, well, first off, I'm now starting to realize why you didn't see the, Hartley Quinn movie, the Birds of Prey movie now. But <laughs> also, I didn't realize this too. I, I totally forgot that going back to James Gunn, why he is definitely a main reason why this movie works better than the first is because he didn't direct the first movie. Yeah, right. Yeah. And I mean, not to say anything against the director of the other movie, but I mean, that's why that movie was not as. Well, I mean, I, it was I don't think dark it had and... anything to do with direction of the first movie. It had everything to do with writing. It had everything to do with. He wrote it too. That director wrote it as well yeah. too. Oh, he did. I thought he yeah, just he directed it. Okay, so, so well, I guess I well, I might as well say the name. And I'm sorry if he's listening. Well, if he is listening, thank you for listening. But <laughs> um, I'm sure he is a great guy and wonderfully talented. But. Yes, he's making movies and we're just removing and reviewing them. (laughs) Yes, but the director's name was and writer, one of the writers of it is David Ayer was for the first movie. Well, definitely. He has a a group of people here. Um, The original comic book writer was part of the first one. Correct. Yeah. John Ostrander. Ostrander. Right. So, you know, again, but. And let me just focus on this one point is when you have Will Smith in a movie, it's all uh-huh. about Will Smith, right? He's uh-huh. got the star power. And I mean, uh-huh. he's, he's done that with bright. And I think he, this director did bright as well. And the reason why bright failed the way it did um, is again, it's Will Smith and he overpowers his character overpowers the other characters he is uh, becomes the storyline himself. Everything becomes watered down. And if you have a decent story like Bright did, um, Will Smith just quickly becomes annoying. Now, obviously, if you're completely in love with Will Smith and you don't care what he does, he could be shoveling manure. You're going to love the movie. But um, again, the, the new film has just moments and i think that's what they do well is that it's a moment juxtaposed to another moment with another moment and it flows well and before you know it you have these sequences of scenes that gel together because the, the characters are being directed not to overpower they're sticking to the script they're sticking to their characters and the overall plot of this film yeah, and before I forget, let me just say, now I've not seen this person, I, I can't remember if I've seen him in a live action before, and I know he's definitely, you know, got a long way to go for acting in general, but this is probably my favorite performance so far by John Cena. Oh, yeah. As yeah, I, he I, is, I, I mean, yeah, he is great. just so dedicated to it and it's not like a nickelodeon type disney movie or whatever where he has to be over the top or whatever and he just delivers it so well that 
and I know that this has been out for a while, but there's a reason why they're talking about doing a spinoff for his character. Yeah, I I think it again, this is, you know, for the listening audience, when you you see see what, what Mark is saying is an excellent point is when you see an actor like John Cena and you're used to him, uh, he's tame. And the reason why he's tame is this is exactly what the director is supposed to do Uh is he directs the actors. He doesn't let, Oh, let John Cena do what he's, he's doing. I mean, he's a, he's a star, you know, let him to his own vices. Well, we see happens a lot in films and the reason, but, Again, it makes the studio a lot of money. You know, John Cena's mean John Cena. You're there to see him. But when you actually get him disciplined, being an actor, staying within his role, staying within a scene, not being allowed to become John Cena, but he is the peacemaker, that's mm-hmm. that's an accomplishment. Yeah. And he, yes, as he says, I'm the peacemaker and I don't care who I have to kill to get it or whatever. <laughs> Again, you know. excellent writing, right? Excellent yeah, writing. Yeah, of course, and his delivery too. You know, right. I guess a sleazeball version of Captain America, pretty much. Exactly. So the plot works for you because we yeah. have these characters. The writing, the plot works for you. Yeah, and the villain, and the villain actually, you know, for the most part, actually makes sense too. It's not right. like you're saying otherworldly or outer spacey or anything like that. Yeah, it. it there's actually. I'm going to say it, a story behind the villain. <laughs> yeah. He's just not some character that just all of a sudden shows up and we have to go confront it. There's actually a background, Mark. Again, this is well written. Mm-hmm. And whether you like the villain or not, uh, you have to appreciate the fact at least you know something about it. There's a history there's a reason for why these the Suicide Squad actually exists in this movie. Yeah, and I'm going to say it here, and this might be more towards the end of it. I don't know if we're wrapping up here, but of all the superhero movies I've seen so far this year, include including up to as recent as Shang-Chi, which we haven't gotten to, but this Suicide Squad, I think, is still my favorite that I've seen so far this year, as far as superhero movies yeah. go. Yeah, definitely that's, better uh... than Thunder Force for sure. <laughs> uh, you had to drop Thunder Force. I mean, have we seen what what uh, what movies have we seen that is a superhero? Films. Well, uh, well, as you know, I've probably seen more than you have. Yeah, uh, I, I, that's why I'm asking you. Well, I did see, I did. <laughs> so my more recent one I did see was Shang Chi. Right before which, that, let's go before that. Okay, before because that, you said for, because you said for the whole year, I'm I need well, yeah. a refreshing. Well, yeah. Well, I'm trying to think year. of what other movies would count as superhero movies. Um, Black Widow. I did like this better. Oh than yeah, Black, Black Widow. Widow. We like Black Widow. Yeah, I did like this better. I, I did. think this is better than Black Widow. Black Widow yeah. would be more into the light comedy entertainment. Yes, definitely. Right. That's a, yes. Versus Suicide Squad, which is comic, but much darker. Comic. Much darker. Right. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know. I'd have to double check this here. Now you're making me look at this <laughs> list. Yeah, I, I, the reason I'm saying this is it's not to just call you. It's not to call you on on it. Is there really wasn't a lot of comic books? Yeah, I know, but there's still. I mean, there's still some coming up. Of course, we still got two more Marvel movies coming out. Right. In uh, Eternals and Spider-Man, and but nevertheless. Uh well okay there no, was I, I, there I was a uh, free guy which I guess could well free guy maybe I don't know if that counts as one or not um it was better than Tomorrow War I know that for sure well we're really reaching for the well you had Snake Eyes is Snake Eyes considered one of those uh, I don't know I don't think I now, saw see that Zack one. Snyder Justice Justice League the extended Ooh, cut do you know what I gotta say I like that one better. That one, uh, do you know what? That it's very close. I I forgot that kind of counted. It's it's very close. Very I think close, I yeah. I think I. So I'm looking at this list I have, which this is why I keep telling you, Bill, you should get a letterboxed account. Letterboxed <laughs> is awesome. Um, it helps you like make your list. You can also keep them private, like I'm doing, so right. I can keep suspense building. So right now I. I it can always change. I, I guess I like Suicide Squad maybe a tad more only because wow. without a doubt, without a doubt, well, again, Justice, the Zack Snyder cut was good. Right. Obviously. Uh, like Suicide Squad, it was better than the original. Right. But I guess in a sense, I, I had a lit, I definitely had much more fun watching. Right. Yeah, I, it's a two different movies. I say I think it uh, the first one it was intriguing. Well, because mm-hmm. they, again, like you just said, it's it was really like a follow up, but um, but it felt like a completely different movie. Uh, I like the Jack Snyder cut probably better because of the depth that was there. Again, because it's a four hour movie, you're getting a lot more. And I thought they had a great pace. This isolated, isolated on its own um, is, is a very good movie on its own. And they did a great job. So what's the rating here? For me, I, well, to, also for to compare and contrast, the original, like I said, I said was, uh, I think I said two out of five. Yeah. Which, again, maybe if I go back, I'd make it one and a half. I don't know. This one, the newest one, I give, gave a four out of five. Well, there you go. I, the first one, I'd give a one out of five. I um, really didn't like it. I don't even know if I saw all the way through it. Um, uh, I think I did. Uh, yeah, I, I'm getting to the point when if it really irritates me, I'm, I'm not committed anymore. Uh, that's kind of my approach. Anyway. I think I did that with one movie on accident, and I'm because I I'm always a person who sits in the theater. I've never walked out of a movie in my life, right? And and that's saying a lot of stuff, especially considering <laughs> there's the a lot worthy we to walk out of. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah but, I think that one for me was the old one, and this one I give it kind of a. I, I, I guess I would give it a an eight star, seven and a half. I would. I'm gonna park on seven and a half for me, um, okay. because I think the violence was a little over the top in some areas that I just didn't like, mm-hmm. quite frankly. Uh, although some of it was funny, um, but all, 
overall, uh, I, I did enjoy it a lot. Uh-huh. And none of the characters annoyed me, and they could have. Uh, just because it, just what we basically said um, there's there's a lot here in this film and uh, you know forewarning if you didn't see it uh, it's definitely going to be bloody and um, yeah violent but it it's humorous and it, it I would say it's a tight script yeah now I'm wondering what we could say if we haven't said anything yet that would make Tom just like super anxious, like, oh, my gosh, I need to like get on here and correct him right now. You know? I don't think Tom actually liked this. He gets kind of moody about his DC universe. So, you know, he didn't like this. So I don't wait, know. So. I don't know. He he tends to go like that. He he, he uh-huh. sees it. And I don't know uh, completely. Uh-huh. He's got to speak for himself. I'm not speaking for him. OK, well, we can just say that this <laughs> we this is why we reviewed it and Tom didn't. So right. So could, yeah. you can always do an addendum if you want. All yes. right, Mark. That's great. Um, thank you so much. And uh, I guess that wraps us up here on another episode of Here's Garage. Uh-huh. Yeah. Everyone, have a good one. Later. Bye-bye. This is Michael Coe from the Punk Rock and Politics Podcast, and you're listening to some of the best podcasts available on the internet, only on the No Phony Podcast Network.